0: Hey, welcome to the first two entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard and I'm your host. In today's show, I am super excited to welcome Brian Oftedal. How are you, Brian?
1: Doing great, Ryan. Thank you awesome. for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, you got uh, you got quite the history behind you here. Um, pretty diverse. Um, Brian is a uh, works full time with uh, the city of Oakland uh, in California, and you're a captain, correct? I am. Awesome. Um, and then you also are involved with the
1: uh, Contra Fire Protection District. Do I have that right? Or? Uh, it's the Contra Costa County Fire Contra. Protection District. I'm a fire commissioner on my off days. Correct. Awesome.
0: Okay. Um, Brian also has his own business, hence the uh, uh, the attendance on our show here. It's called Priority One Consulting. Um, also out of California, where he resides. Um, so we're going to. Uh, you know, dive a little bit into Brian's past, you know, how we got into the fire service, a little bit of his backstory, kind of how he got where he is today. And um, obviously we'll be talking about his business and, um, you know, some of the successes and and struggles with that. All right, Brian. So when did you get into the fire service?
1: Got into the fire service in uh, roughly, Well, depending on how you look at it, uh, in high school, I had actually started doing ride-alongs with some local fire departments, the Doherty Regional Fire Authority in Dublin, which is now the Alameda County Fire Department, as well as the Pleasanton Fire Department. I was starting to do the reserve program with them there, and they're now the Livermore Pleasanton Fire Department. So I started uh, during my senior year of high school doing ride-alongs, and uh, slowly, uh, after I graduated and started working for the ambulance company, uh, got, got a year and a half under my belt or so, and, uh, was brought on board with the Bethel Island Fire Protection District as a part-time firefighter paramedic. And that was in, uh, I believe 1998 or so. And, uh, it was a part-time paramedic program that they had It's a combination department uh, so there was really, uh, one paid captain on, and then the part-time paramedics that would, uh, the paid on call volunteer organization. Mm. And that a- agency has since dissolved also, and, uh, merged into what was called the East Contra Costa Fire Protection District, which is, uh, somewhere that I, uh, was with as well, uh, as a director, uh, volunteer director, just like I'm doing... With the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District on my off days, okay. and that was really my my start in the the fire service until I got uh, roughly a year and a half to two years of experience with the Bethel Island Fire Protection District, and got uh, got hired with the Oakland Fire Department in 2000.
0: Awesome, very cool. How do you like uh, big city uh, fire department versus
1: the smaller uh, paid on call or combination department? Yeah, they, they definitely have their uh, pluses and minuses, but uh, Oakland was the first uh, large or uh, mid-sized manipulative um, uh, municipal department that, that I tested for nice. and uh, didn't make it on my first go, uh, but I definitely learned a lot and uh, came back around when they were testing again. And I had had an opportunity to talk to some folks like, hey, what, what, what did I do wrong? Where could I clean this up? Uh, what am I missing? And really got some good feedback, and worked towards that, and really um, started doing a lot of hard work and a lot of volunteerism and giving back to the community. And uh, came back and tested, and and uh, got a job in two thousand.
0: Awesome, good, good, good. Um, such a such a good feeling after you get that uh, if you get that first full time job. You know, I kind of very similar uh, background for me as well. Started off paid on call, uh, which was, it was back in the day. Um, then it turned into uh part-time hours. And then, uh, obviously and I'm still with the same department full-time now. So, um, ended up coming full circle from, uh, the time that I started to now transitioning obviously into the, into the career side. So, um, it's very, uh, it, it feels good, you know, once you get that down, cause, you know, back, you know, when you were testing and when I was testing, it is, it's night and day what it is today, as, as far as the time it took to get a full time job, the amount of tests you had to take to get a full time job. I mean, there could be three, 400 people coming out for not even, not even one opening potentially, you know, at some of these departments and, um boys it changed because <laughs> today is the exact opposite you can take a test tomorrow and be hired and you know a month after all your processing you know to to the department that you you know really uh dreamt to be a part of and it's wild how it's changed
1: I was told in uh when I took the first test with Oakland in 1996 that uh, or 96 97. Uh, I was told that 16,000 applications were handed out during that testing process. Roughly 14,000 applications were turned in. Uh, I'm not sure how many were accepted and, uh, you know, maybe it cut it down to about 10,000 or so. Yeah. But uh, when, I, when I went to take my written test, um, folks were wrapped around commercial blocks. And yeah, you definitely don't see that these days. You don't, the, the pools are not as deep for the the fire chiefs to pick from.
0: No, it's a hundred percent. I mean, uh, obviously the biggest city around me is Chicago. And um, I mean, they still have quite the number of people, you know, coming out and testing for them, but it's a different dynamic, right? You know, some of these bigger, um, these bigger cities don't necessarily have the same requirements as some of the suburbs, right? Some of the suburbs, you gotta be a paramedic. You gotta have this, you gotta have that. Um, because they either can't afford to send you through paramedic school they can't afford to send you through the academy. Whereas some of those bigger cities like Oakland, Chicago, you know, um, getting up there in, uh, in size, you know, they throw you through the academy, whether you have your search or not, you know, so it, it makes no difference to them. But, uh, so you, you, tend to see that bigger, bigger pool, even nowadays with some of the larger departments, but, but even then it's, it's not what it used to be. That's for sure. Um, so you were a firefighter for five years, looks like you were a, uh, you got promoted to a lieutenant in 2015?
1: I promoted to lieutenant in uh, 2005.
0: 2005, you were a lieutenant until 2015. That's correct. There we go. Okay, how was, uh, how was the uh, first few years being a boss?
1: Yeah, it was definitely different um but i felt like i had built a, a fairly solid foundation and uh, and i'd been a medic uh, for a bit and uh was just i was already you know i put you know, four years in as a firefighter paramedic and in a very uh working a lot of overtime working in very busy districts i worked on the ambulance ambulance for quite some time with american medical response before that uh, a lot of time in oakland especially working night shift and you know i felt like i I got the job down. I mean, obviously I hadn't seen everything there was to, to be able to see, but I almost felt like I wasn't being challenged enough anymore. And um, so the engineer process and uh, lieutenant process were going on right around the same time. I turned both the applications in and ended up uh, testing very well with the the lieutenant uh, testing process and uh, got promoted you know, quickly. and and i was ready for it i felt uh, ready for it and um i spent a lot of time talking to to different individuals i had a lot of great mentors over the years and different people that i could uh kick things around with and had a lot of great advice uh from you know whether it was other lieutenants captains battalion chiefs or or even higher on you know how do you how do you go from buddy to boss you know how do you jump yeah. from the back seat all the way up front and and get folks to re- respect you you know and and what kind of boss do you want to be what kind of leadership what kind of you know that that kind of Avenue but uh you know I feel like I you know I had had a lot easier than than other folks that uh yeah, as it was pretty smooth and I got to work, work with a lot of you know great great people uh, one of my classmates actually was one of my firefighter paramedics I, i'm sorry one of yeah, yeah he, my classmate was my my firefighter paramedic for for roughly nine years or so as a as a lieutenant awesome but, uh yeah made it uh you know made it a lot of fun at the same time
0: yeah absolutely and then uh you got promoted to uh the current rank that you hold of captain in, in 2015. Um, What's the uh, what's the biggest difference between uh, being a lieutenant and being a captain?
1: You know what? So there's you know a lot of it's really on paper, and I think once you start having the larger organizations, you know, because there's a lot of departments that you know maybe maybe they just have captains mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have that sort of stepping stone, and a lot of it is probably for for uh, wage you know purposes and the city not having to pay out you know, but still have that same company officer. So. We're both still company officers. We both still wear red helmets. We sit in the front seat. Really the only difference is, so if I'm at a single house, single engine company, uh, I have two lieutenants uh, on my shift. Uh, for example, I'm on the B shift. So I'm the, the house captain responsible for the house and the apparatus and you know, overall somewhat responsible for the lieutenants, even though I don't work with them on a daily basis my lieutenants on the a shift and the c shift and even though we didn't have a handoff in the morning really the battalion chiefs evaluating them i provide some direction maybe you know or provide some assistance if we're doing commercial inspections vegetation management uh getting ready for house inspections and divvying up the workload um or if there's there's any needs any projects uh or you know i can be that mentor also and and try to you know provide advice on uh, things that are going on, especially with the, the newer lieutenants. Uh, unless you're working at a special specialty company, for example, so I worked out at the Oakland airport for about five years or so, and there's no lieutenants out at the the Oakland airport, the, the agreement with the port of Oakland and the city of Oakland is that they will have a, a captain, an aircraft rescue captain housing that spot. Uh, so other than that, there's uh, there's not huge significant differences. I mean, we're all in the front seat. We're all uh, responsible for running incident command. If you're that that first officer there, um, you can allow. You know, if I pull up afterwards, we could allow the the lieutenant to to maintain that command. Um, if it's a, a challenging incident, a, a captain or a battalion chief is supposed to to take over. But a lot of times, we'll leave that to. The lieutenant you know ask them hey do you want to get in there with your crew or you want to you want to work on running this a bit or you want me to you know stand here and support you or, or what would you like to do mm-hmm. you know unless you can see that that somebody's really being challenged so
0: cool very good um so you also are involved with the contra cost of fire protection district um to what level are you involved with them
1: Sure. So my position is I'm considered a fire commissioner. It is a volunteer position. And it uh well, I'm part of the advisory board. So I report to the Contra Costa County Board of Supervisors. I'm in an appointed position. So in the long run, I was asked to submit an application and be interviewed for the position uh, based on you know my. Past history and and uh, being in the fire service, as well as uh, I'll get into a little bit of the East Contra Costa Fire Protection District. But mm-hmm. uh, I had previously been with um, with the East Contra Costa Fire Protection District prior to recently moving over to the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District, and uh, I'll go in and touch on that because it uh, it is very unique. Um, so I was with East Contra Costa Fire for about. Uh, roughly five years or so. I was also in a volunteer position. I was a fire board director, and initially I was appointed into the position when I first started. Uh, East Contra Costa Fire Protection District is a district that spans 249 square miles and uh, has roughly 120 000 to 130 thousand residents. It's a district that has been uh, greatly underfunded for years and uh it's a district that i live in and i've also i've always watched uh, the firefighters challenged out here slowly but surely fire engines um, were reduced fire stations were shuttered and um, very busy very busy district out here put in a lot of miles on engines to get to their calls And it's a district that i started in i first started off telling you i started with the bethel island fire protection district prior to getting hired with oakland and then uh, they were uh, they annexed and absorbed and three districts became the east contra costa fire protection district so for roughly i would say 15 years or so while i was working for the city of oakland at the same time but living in Brentwood, living in East Contra Costa County of uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I was watching and just, and saw these guys and gals just getting their butts kicked and uh, watching the stations closed and it's just really frustrating to see. And, but I was staying super busy. I was uh, still working on the ambulance. I worked uh, with American Medical Response from 1995 until 2011 even though I got picked up in Oakland in 2000 and uh, stayed with them as a preceptor and a uh, FTO and did a lot of teaching and evaluating and so forth. But uh, once I stopped working on the ambulance because they had a transition, the the company's transitioned, and it went from American Medical Response to Paramedics Plus, and I decided this was an easy point for me to walk away, I started having a little bit more time. I took a leadership academy in the city of Oakley, I completed that leadership academy, academy learning about local government, and uh, afterwards, that was right when a position opened on the East Contra Costa Fire Protection District board, and uh, one of the city council members said, "Hey, what would you think about being on the fire board?" And I said, "You know what? I I just I don't think I have enough time to commit to something like that." And uh, I said, "How much how much time do you think it would take?" And uh, the answer was, hey, "It's like an hour or two, an hour or two or three a month and I said oh all right well I could probably fit that in so I ended up uh, submitting an application and a supplemental application and then interviewing in front of the city council along with some other folks that did the turned in the in their applications and uh, unanimously was appointed to the fire board Mm -hmm. Uh, shortly thereafter the you know were started you know determining that this appointed board wasn't really working it was really challenging because uh three individuals were appointed from the city of oakley four from the city of brentwood and two from contra costa county so we had a nine member appointed board Mm. and it just really wasn't working the fire chief had nine bosses and i think most of us know that having one boss is plenty but having nine bosses really wasn't working so slowly but surely we were able to and and uh taking a step back the community was like you know, this is, you guys aren't getting anything done. This isn't getting better. It's getting worse. You know, we, you, you guys need to be elected. You know, the, the guys and gals here need to be elected. We need to be able to, if you're not producing, we need All to right. be able to get rid of you. So we actually, you know, took that advice and put it out for a vote. And it was very overwhelming. The community said, yeah, let's, let's do elections. So we spent the money and and put the time into making that, making that happen. So we ended up becoming an elected position. We ended up reducing the fire board from nine to five, and getting an alignment with you know the other districts around and city councils and and uh, county supervisors around, and uh, making it very doable for for a fire chief to to be able to work with with that many bosses. So I was with uh, East Contra Costa and and it was really, a, you know, they were always calling us a, a sinking ship or comparing us to the Titanic and talking. There's different folks that would always use the analogy of, you know, always moving furniture from one side of the ship to the other, just trying to make it better. And it's never working. We got a, a fire chief in. we brought a fire chief on board that just really, you know, was motivated and really, you know, wanted to make the change. We also had uh, some folks challenge us you know in the district basically telling us you guys are never going to fix this you know this is you guys are never going anywhere you're going to keep closing stations and you this is this is not repairable you know yeah. you're going to continue to sink and and uh, the fire chief as well as a number of us ended up getting together and saying you know basically challenge accepted you know we'll, we'll go and you know, we'll, we'll prove you wrong and we didn't know what we were going to do at the time, but we ended up going through and uh, working with a lot of different people, creating a strategic plan, and really uh, addressing our, uh, rewriting our missions, vision, value, goals, objectives, priorities, going in there and, uh, you know, looking at our funding options and creating a, uh, an implementation plan and putting uh, putting plans in place, uh, finding strategic fund uh, some funding and community facility districts putting putting that in place and we went out and uh spoke with the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District and and asked you know what would you think about looking at you know a possible annexation in the past the boards had tried and uh, hadn't succeeded and uh there was a, a change in leadership and uh folks said well let's let's look at it we finally uh, did a couple of studies and realized that it was potentially possible, it was feasible, that there was enough where we weren't going to be a liability, that we actually were bringing something to the table. So kind of long-winded here, Ryan, with uh, with getting that story together. But after uh, a couple of years of just really hard work, a uh, lot of people putting in a lot of time and effort and making things happen, the the ability to to annex uh and dissolve East Contra Costa fire so it no longer exists. And that was going to be just like I did with the ambulance and that transition there, that was going to be my walking point. I had always told my wife that, you know, I'll I'll do this until I can get two fire stations open. And that was kind of my my agreement with her, you know, mm-hmm. for, for taking the time away from family and putting in the the time and effort. And uh, once we ended up uh annexing into contra costa county that was going to be my opportunity to walk and and i did walk for about a month and a half or so until i had a number of folks you know elected another coming and saying you know we'd really love for you to turn in an application and be part of the uh the commissioners the fire advisory board and i said you know what i i'm really you know appreciate the offer and you know it means a lot to me that you guys would consider you know having me stay on board and continue to do this but my promise to my family was that i was going to try to make this district better as much as i could do assisting with that being a part of it this was going to be my opportunity to walk away and Uh, you know, there was still that need out there. And I started looking at, and I looked at the responsibilities and they weren't quite the same as being a a director, an elected director of a district because we were the board of directors. Mm -hmm. And now with the Contra Costa County Fire Protection District, I'm not a board of director. Still in a very important position, but the Contra Costa County Supervisor of the board of directors, really on a fire advisory board. And even though we deal with uh, vegetation management and abatement and, Uh, getting rid of equipment and you know there's a lot of different responsibilities that we have it's not the undertaking I I was I got to a point where I was putting in 40 hours a week with East Contra Costa volunteering and uh, just really trying to make it work and I I couldn't continue that workload with my 52 hour work week in Oakland and then uh, consulting and volunteering and doing everything that I that I do to keep myself busy uh, but then I really found that you know what this looking at their meetings, this really is an hour or two or three, like legitimately, and that's kind of <laughs> what it's been. So I threw my name in the hat I and uh, interviewed and uh, I've been on the uh, fire commissioners for for probably two or three months or so, and I've got a four year four year commitment to be on this uh, appointed uh, commissioners group. That's awesome.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a success. You know, you got you. You went in there with a you know with an objective, with a clear-minded goal, and uh, you succeeded, right? I mean, you you did something um, that uh, was needed for that for that area, right? I mean, it it sucks anytime you know you you work in a busier department and then they're still shutting down fire stations on you, you know claiming, you know, funding, whatever, you know, it could have been mismanagement, you know, by, uh, you know, previous uh, administrations. And um, it's, it's awesome that you were able to come in, be a part of that solution, drive that solution. And now into what it is today, I think it's a huge, huge success. And I feel like that also... Um, helped and prepared or and helped drive you through your consulting business as well, right? I mean, I'm sure there had to be lessons in there that you learned and, and vice versa, that you might carry into into your advisory board today. Um, you know, moving into your moving into your business, um, priority one consulting, uh, tell us a little bit about what that mission is and, and how long you've been doing that, why you started it. And, uh, you know, we'd love to, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear about it.
1: Sure. And, uh, so prior to, prior to one consulting, I I started a business, a DBA called East, East County CPR and first aid. So I'm out here, like I said, in East Contra Costa County. So I ended up just picking a name, East County CPR and first aid. I was doing a lot of instructing. I was volunteering with the, the American red cross. And uh, just teaching community first aid and safety and uh, also teaching for American Heart Association. And, uh, you know, having a lot of fun doing that, you know, teaching people and meeting a lot of folks and uh, really started kind of expanding into other things. I I had had the opportunity to sit on oral interview boards and whether that was with the ambulance company and interviewing uh, EMTs and, and paramedics. Mm-hmm. But then also with the city of Oakland, um, you know, r- early on, I started having the opportunity to sit on uh, civil service boards and interview uh, entry-level firefighters and um, also uh, later on uh, being able to interview uh, police officers. And, uh, and, and actually, uh, there's a wide variety of uh, being able to have these opportunities to sit on the other side of the table. And uh, that's where my uh, business really started transforming. I'm realizing, you know what? I can't call this East County CPR and first aid any longer. You know, I need to change this DBA over. And that's where I, you know, I came up with Priority One Consulting and turned it into a, an LLC and trying to make it into as legitimate of a, a business as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, And I really, at the same time, I really wanted to start positioning myself to um, really set up a business that when I retire, and or if I ever got injured, that I had something to fall back on. And that's where um, I started. Uh, and, and my business is just there's so many different things that I'm doing, there's so many different opportunities, it's not just instructing any longer. You know The, the core that I do the sort of my core mission or the, the core work, the fun stuff that I do, is really working with people that are trying to get into public safety, trying to get in civil service careers. But I also work with folks trying to get into the dispatching or management position, or I've worked with nurses or or folks all across the board. It's really the same thing. But those opportunities that I started talking about, sitting on the other side of the table, uh, learning the rating dimensions, learning what we're looking for. You know, folks were coming in and they were you know telling us what they thought we wanted to hear, but the stories were the same stories over and over. And you had very capable looking folks on the other side of the table. And we're, we're all sitting there really wanting folks to do well, like, Hey, come on, you know, give, keep, keep going, keep going, give me something. And, uh, just, it was tough watching folks, you know, so I, I really started, I started working with, with individuals and, and coaching and mentoring and, and providing feedback and really started having a good time with that. Uh, same thing when I was doing FTO work, field training officer work or, uh, or mentoring, uh, or precepting, you know, that same thing. I I really, uh, enjoyed teaching, you know, and being able to, to give back. So that's the, that's the majority of my business or has been the majority of my business is really working with people and whether that's at the the start of the process getting getting folks through that application uh period or um doing the oral interviews working with them on the backgrounds or getting them prepped up for psych or you know physical agility uh physical agility physical ability uh work whatever it may be it's really working with individual candidates even mm-hmm. though quite recently uh, last week i had uh, two individuals in my my living room at the same time because they were, even though they were in different places, they were really starting off at the same point, and uh, they both actually wanted to start small businesses at the same time. So I brought them together, spent about an hour and a half with them together, and there was actually a great lot of uh, value in it because they they were actually networking and there was some value that each of them brought to each other and exchanged numbers and it was cool to see, but. Uh, like I said, the, the majority of the, the time I spend is really working on oral interviews, the, the least prepared for part of the process you know, that uh, I think folks spend a lot of time studying for that written test, if they're spending time on it at all. But folks, a lot of folks feel like, you know what, I, I got this, you know, I can go in and, you know, I know what they're looking for. I know, you know, I know how to sell myself or I can I can do this, mm-hmm. but they're not coming in giving us, giving us those dimensions that we need. To move them to that next step and that's really where i'll sit down with somebody i'll figure out you know where they're at you know what 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 are your goals what are your you know what do you have what are you bringing to the table um what kind of volunteer work are you doing you know majority of folks aren't volunteering you know and uh, they don't they don't realize that the fire chief they're they're looking for folks that are you know going to be firefighters on duty and off duty you know, not necessarily running over and you know, handling any sort of emergency they see, but you know, they want folks that are you know, not only caring and compassionate and, and willing to give back uh, on duty, but they're also doing that same, you know, civic minded and community oriented. They, they want those type of individuals working for them, and that's really where you know, I'll look at folks' resumes, look for the gaps, and provide options for folks and help people create their story. A lot of folks have materials, but they're not able to apply them to the job they feel like. And I'll ask them, well, here, I see this on your resume. What Does that have anything to do with the fire department? Do you see any way that you can fit that in and, and create a story on how that there's some sort of benefit there or some sort of value that you bring to the organization? Because you can't just go in there and ask for a job. You know, right. you need to bring something, you need to be, you need to bring something to the team, you know, and what is it that you've got from your experiences so far that you can bring to the team? And that's really, you know, where I work with folks and I can talk about some of the other stuff, but that's already kind of long-winded on the, uh, on what I've been able to share with you so far. No, it's great. And you're,
0: you know, you're taking people, I mean, there's a couple parts to that, it, that I was thinking about when you were, when you were talking and, <laughs> you know, I think that <clears throat> Um one coming into the fire service, especially not having any exposure to the fire service, you don't really know what to what to prepare for, right? You don't really know what to expect during you know that interview process, um, you know, or even the testing process in general, because it's not you know going into a, a regular civilian job, you don't have to jump through all these hoops that we have to jump through, you know, to in order to get that job. And for somebody that hasn't been exposed to that before it could seem pretty daunting. And, you know, you're, you're taking that, you know, that long process, breaking it down, step-by-step offering support, step-by-step of the way. And I feel that if that candidate ends up with the job, they're starting off on a better foot than if they didn't do any kind of preparation at all. Right. Um, you know back to the uh, the process itself you know i think that during the interview process especially as you alluded to there isn't much preparation because people think that they're going to be asked the standard questions right where do you see yourself in 5 years you know what kind of person do you do you view yourself as you know just standard textbook interview questions for a job whereas in our industry, in our in the fire service, they're not just they're not those cut and dry um, standard questions. Unfortunately, you know, and and as they shouldn't, they should dive a little bit deeper into you know your personality, your sense of service, like you alluded to. Um, you know, so I, I feel that uh, that a lot of people are not prepared for that oral. Even you know, I, I would even venture to say, when you're going for promotions. Um, which obviously is part of your, um, your business as well, preparing people for that, I would assume. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, going into that, it's a, it's, it's a mind shift, right now. Now you're, now you're, you're, you're going in as a blue shirt, knowing blue shirt stuff. Right. And sure. now you're, you know, you want to get in there and now you have to shift your, your mindset a little bit to now start thinking like an officer, start thinking like a leader, You know, and and what does that and what does that look like? And that's obviously the job of the the interviewers to figure out, hey, is Ryan or Brian um, going to be a a good leader or are they just going to be a boss that's not going to get the guys to buy into what uh, what they're trying to do, Um, you know, and having that having that mind shift, I think some people either don't think about it that way or. Uh, they don't know how to think that way. and I think that's where you come in and you can you're able to sit, you know Ryan down and say, hey, right? you got to think about you know X, y, and z, you got to think about it in this perspective as well because now you're not writing backstep anymore. you're you there's there's a different way to to look at issues to so you have to be a problem you even more of a problem solver than you know we already are coming in as as a, a firefighter, right? Um, but I think that, uh, you know, what you're offering is, is very important for not only entry level, but, you know, now somebody looking to make that next step in their career path. Yeah, definitely. Um, how, so you're running, so you have your full-time gig, right? you you know, you got Oakland, you got, uh, Costa County, right? Um, you have your business do you and I see you do you still do a little bit of volunteering on the side on top of all of them um to talk just briefly about uh, any kind of volunteering that you do um you know on top of all of your other commitments that you're uh you already got going on in life
1: sure yeah and uh so I started well and my volunteerism started probably fairly young, but I mean, even in high school, uh, I moved around quite a bit. I went to three different high schools. My my father's uh, business or the work that he was in, computer disk drives, the companies kept getting absorbed by other companies. So mm-hmm. I was living in Southern California uh, for my first part of high school and then um, moved out to Omaha, Nebraska for a year and a half <laughs> and then moved to Northern California for the last uh, end of my high school. So uh, So I'll start there um, with my volunteerism that uh, I was working uh, as a volunteer in the emergency room at Clarkson Hospital. And uh, I think that was my sophomore sort of roughly sophomore junior year and then moved out to Pleasanton in Northern California and uh, started volunteering for Valley Care Medical Center uh, in Pleasanton. They also had Valley Memorial Hospital in Livermore where I was Uh, volunteering across the hospital and then uh, asked to get uh, moved to the emergency room where I started uh, because I really wanted to be you know I saw myself moving into the fire department and emergency services so I really wanted to be around that and network and kind of see what I could see and help out with whatever I could help out with so at the same time I also started uh, volunteering with the American Red Cross in in 1995 when I moved out to the Bay Area uh, out in Livermore at the Tri Valley Service Center, which is uh, no longer exists. They they ended up shutting down, and uh, American Red Cross and Concord is kind of our closest shop now. Uh, but I was teaching community first aid and safety for them uh, at their service center, and uh, started uh, enjoying doing that. And same thing, meeting people and feeling like I was providing some sort of value and uh they brought me on board they had me take some classes and i started doing disaster action team responding so uh getting called out for dat responses to go to houses and you know whether that was providing coffee and uh, rehab items for firefighters that were working in the cold or working long incidents or going and providing a you know warm blanket and uh, somebody to talk to or opening up shelters um, you know there's just a lot of uh, depth to that response and really helped me start uh, building my building my resume but you know I wasn't just doing it to build my resume I was really having a good time and really feeling like you know what I'm I'm giving back and there's really there's really some value here so I've actually been with the American Red Cross since 1995 but I you know once I got picked up with Oakland I kind of had to change uh I had to change that because there was a lot of uh, mandatory overtime that, uh, that I was getting pulled into. So I wasn't able to commit to the, uh, the, the, the you know, signing up for community first aid and safety classes. Cause I couldn't always hundred percent commit to them. And I didn't want to not show up as, you know, there's a group of people that are ready to learn. And I'm, I'm at work. Same thing with dat. It started getting a little bit more complicated and, uh, we're in a busy city. So, you know, I wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep and, you know, on my off days, going out in the middle of the night and providing rehab wasn't quite working. So I ended up starting to do uh, first aid with them. They were doing first aid stations at different events. And I would jump around from Alameda County, Contra Costa County, Solano, you know, just going to different spots that needed uh, first aid providers. And I was doing that work for quite some time and believe probably about uh, maybe five, six years ago, the American Red Cross stopped doing the first aid stations, or at least out here. And my understanding was it was because of uh, liability or um, I'm, I'm actually, I never really got into the depth on what the, why that shut down. So I needed to look for a different opportunity. You know, how do I maintain, I'm having a good time with American Red Cross. I believe in their mission. You know, there's, there's great people here. How do I continue working with them? And after talking with uh, one of my local Uh, county supervisors her chief of staff said you know what we need folks like you on the contra costa county leadership council and uh so it's a group of folks that are are leaders within this county and i was uh the president of east contra costa fire so there was a tie-in there and uh, this may be your opportunity to you know continue to to work with them but on a very different level and now I've been with the the Leadership Council, and uh, since I've transitioned over to from East Contra Costa to Contra Costa County, I've been able to maintain my position there with them. And now uh, I haven't even added this up, but I you know I guess we're somewhere around 25, a little over 25 years later, uh, still able to volunteer with the American Red Cross. And even though I volunteer with a number of other. Uh, organizations i um, uh, volunteering with a 501c3 uh, called Wall of Heroes, which is uh supports firefighters EMTs, um, law enforcement uh, a lot of times it has to do with line of duty deaths or uh, folks off injured mm. um, but I'm on their their board of directors and I'm their uh, chief information officer now um yeah I get I keep myself for whatever reason I, I feel like, starting to slow down and i find one more thing to keep myself busy but yeah i I do i I do enjoy volunteering and uh definitely am uh committed with staying with american red cross wall of heroes and a couple of other organizations i'm working with and and i really you know the folks that i'm working with to help them get jobs you know i i try to offer advice and lead them you know to you know find find something you know you don't need to go out And do your time with American Red Cross, find something that you enjoy, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: find something, you know, maybe it's seasonal to begin with, maybe it's uh, doing, you know, holiday baskets or feeding folks around Thanksgiving or, or what have you, there's so many different opportunities, sending care packages to the military, you know, you've got to find what you like to do. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a couple times a year, maybe it's quarterly, you know, figure it out. You don't have to put in as many hours as, you know, a lot of us do, but you do need to find something you do. And and there needs to, you need to start building that foundation. And, uh, you know, most folks, you know, if you're like me, you'll find that you're going to enjoy it, you know, along the way. And you'll, you'll find something that you like, and you'll probably continue to do it for years to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I love hearing the, uh, all of the, the volunteer opportunities that, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of our guests have have really soaked up and, um, and ran with, um, you know, i I'm a big believer in volunteering. I volunteer myself, um, you know, with a non-for-profit and, uh, you know, it's, it's that, that sense of, uh, service that, I think we all have as, uh, you know, as first responders, it's, it's nothing that we can really shake, right. It's something that's kind of ingrained in all of us. And, um, you know, we want to continue to do that, even though we do it on a, for a career, um, to add on top of that as a, as a volunteer is pretty cool. Um, so you have all of the stuff going on and, you know, I, believe me, I I'm in the same shoes and, uh, you know what? What is one thing that uh, an issue that you've run into? Um, you know, over the course of managing all of your commitments, whether it's your career firefighter job, um, your side business, the uh, director position, the volunteering, you know, how do you how do you manage all of it? Or is there a, or is there a common issue that you've come across while trying to deal with all of your commitments at once?
1: Yeah. So I, I think. Right, right. There, time management. You know, figuring that out. Uh, and I've I've had my own challenges. You know, managing my time. Mm-hmm. You know, you you get these commitments, and uh, I was talking about you know how I was told you know one to three hours for this uh, volunteer position, and now I'm forty hours a week. You know, and I put put a lot of that on myself because I really you know driven along with these other folks that were driven and bringing something to the table towards a common goal but uh yeah the time management cuz uh some some of these positions you you think you're going to uh, be just working those those hours and uh other commitments other committees subcommittees ad hocs come up and mm-hmm. now you start uh your calendar starts getting scheduled for you. And I want to say one of your recent episodes that I listened to uh there was there was some talk about calendars you know having and I definitely use my my phone calendar but I also back that up with a actual pencil and paper calendar and uh you know having to block some time for myself I think that's one of the things that I I learned was creating those buffers for myself because uh it can run away from you quickly and and folks will start scheduling your calendar and I noticed during the pandemic that uh especially once folks started using Zoom and Teams and these other mm-hmm. these other avenues that that, that your calendar was getting scheduled for you. So I think just figuring out what you're going to commit yourself to, uh, creating that calendar, creating those buffers within your calendar, giving yourself some space. I'm realizing now that I am actually having to say no to stuff, um, because the, you know, the time that now that I've created for my family, it'll slowly, but surely start dis- disappearing if I allow it to. So. I think uh, there there are a lot of good things that I kind of hate saying no to, but I've realized mm-hmm. I've had to say no, so I can really do a good job and focus on on what I'm working at, uh, have whatever that task may be at hand, but not completely saying no. That hey, let's let's come back and look at this again, and in a couple of months, and maybe I can work with you on this. But I think just being realizing that you know what you can't you can't work yourself into the ground, and even though I like staying very busy and like staying super involved i like having you know working with great people that that are driven to solve problems and 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 the the bigger thing with my business i enjoy working with folks and watching them succeed i love getting invited to academy graduations or you know badge pinnings or you know watching people promote i'm working with a number of people and and i don't know how many people i'm working with now that that i've been able to work with and help out and uh and whether that was just bringing them to the firehouse and you know hey come and join us for for lunch you know come and join us for dinner you know and this is uh, i'll throw my disclaimer out there i wasn't charging while i was at work and i'm bringing, (laughs) bringing folks to the firehouse really wanting like hey come and come and meet the the guys and gals that I'm working with and, you know, shake hands and see what the firehouse is like and have a meal, because this is really where people will drop their walls and you can answer, uh, ask good questions and get good, good answers. And even some folks from the community, you know, over the years, you know, there's been folks that, you know, may not have had the opportunities that, that you and I had, you know, and whether that was socioeconomic, uh, o- Oakland's a very diverse community. Um, And, uh, you know, from one one end of the spectrum to the other, I I think that's, you know, we started talking about kind of oral interviews, but that's really the diversity in Oakland is where you get a lot of those questions, you know, and how do you answer those diversity questions? We, We supposedly have over 120 languages and or dialects that are spoken out there. You know, the fire department is very diverse uh 10 of our workforce roughly was uh, women in the fire service in oakland which is very unique if you look at a lot of organizations that's that's not happening so when folks are coming in and asking uh they're being asked the interview questions you know how do you answer the question and how do you answer those diversity questions and not just you know diversity is not just black or white right you know how do there's so much to it but uh, I think I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent. I started talking oh, about right. you know, just folks in our district, you know, where we've been able to, you know, they they haven't had these opportunities, but we were able to bring them, hey, come come to the firehouse one day, just come and have lunch with us or dinner or your, you know, your choice, you know, whatever works best for you, you know, uh, because they were out there and they were interested, like, hey, how do I get a, you know, how do I work on the ambulance? Or how would I be able to come and work with you guys someday? Or, well, you know, come and come and chat with us. So, the uh, the neat thing is is that uh, that I'm working with some folks that that we met, you know, while we were out on emergency responses in the street, and you know, years later, you know, after a lot of mentoring and uh, bringing them to the firehouse and then walking them through the steps, we're, we're working with them now. So that's really what I what I enjoy and appreciate is being able to watch watch people get in the business, you know, promote, move up the ranks, and uh, and uh and really succeed so that's uh that's really where my my passion and enjoyment uh lies yeah i love i love the
0: passion behind it man it's so cool seeing um you know how passionate it is especially doing this talking to uh you know different uh different people all the time that uh, that are mostly in the fire service and you know have these businesses on the side and you know, watching the, uh, just your body expressions and everything else, just showing the, the, the passion that you have for what you're doing in, in both, you know, whether you're, you're talking about your career or your uh, side business, you know, it's, it's super, super cool to see, Um, you know, we, uh, that's what this podcast is all about. You know, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, people that are interested in starting their own, side business, or whether it's a a charity venture, um, a for profit business, it doesn't matter, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, people that are in the fire service or law enforcement or dispatching, you know, anything like that, that it is possible to do, you know, just, for example, just look at all of the things that Brian has on his plate, and he can manage it all, and you know I'm I'm able to manage uh, you know most of everything on my plate as as well as the other guests that we've had before Brian, and um, just important to to illustrate that you can do it, and if you need help um, getting into the fire service promotional exams anything like that please uh, reach out to Brian, um, Brian's uh, business again is Priority One Consulting. Um, Brian, where can people find out about your business?
1: sure so i've never created a website and i've had uh, some business team members over the years that have tried to get me to build websites. but everything that i've done has been off of referrals it's uh folks that uh know me see what i'm doing see what i what i've been able to do um that i i still haven't built a, a website I, I think i probably will before i retire and and once i i need to start doing some advertising, but. Uh, most of my stuff is, uh, like I said, it's referrals. But if folks are looking for me, I, I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. That's probably the best spot, and that's where, especially folks that are trying to get in the business, it's it's a great LinkedIn is a great uh, networking site. And uh, majority of my clients, you know, I'll have, if they're not on LinkedIn, I'll have them get on LinkedIn. But folks can connect with me there. I'm um, also, I was never on social media before I started uh doing the appointed and elected work and that was really where i found out you know how are we folks just don't know what's going on in the fire district out here how do we start sharing that information folks aren't reading the newspaper they're not listening to the radio they're how do we get to them and so a lot of it i found was social media so i I did have a facebook page i guess that i was using when i'd go to warriors games because i could check in there and get a free t-shirt or something uh, but I usually hand them myself when I said, "Hey, I've got the here's the Facebook thing. How do I check in here so I can get my free shirt?" Mm-hmm. And they would do that for me. But I didn't use it for anything like that. I anything other than that because I always felt like it was a huge time crunch. Everybody I saw yeah. was just constantly on social media. It's like, oh man, I don't want to do that. But I have built, you know, what I consider my professional public safety social media accounts. Uh, so I am. In addition to being on LinkedIn, I do have an Instagram account. I do have a Facebook account. They're both uh, Brian Oftedal. Uh, one of them, forget which one is which, but one of them is Brian Oftedal FD. And uh, we'll bring you to my accounts. And uh, so LinkedIn, Facebook. I've got a Twitter account that's also at Brian Oftedal. And um, yeah, those are those are good ways to to reach out to me and uh, connect and. I don't normally do things remotely. I like to, to meet in person, but I'm not opposed to doing that. If there's folks that have been struggling to get in the fire service or public safety in general, I've worked with folks that, that are new to the game. I've worked with folks that have been trying for five, 10, 15 years. I actually just got a phone call from uh, one of the, the guys that I was working with that he's been on and off uh, for years trying to to get on with an organization. I've helped him over the years. And uh, kind of, you know, another job comes up and uh, not not in public safety, and then he'll come back because he wants to do public safety and another job comes up. And uh, so he finally came back and he, he's actually wanted to be in the fire service for about 15 years and just could not, you know, get, get over that hump. And recently, yeah. over the last couple of months, finally got a phone call from him after I met with him a couple of sessions prior. And just really pushed him because you know basically, <laughs> yeah, come on, you know, make make it happen or get off the pot, <laughs> right? Uh, kind of enough of a, a conversation to 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 put him over the over the top, and uh, he just recently graduated from a, a large metropolitan uh, fire awesome. academy. So uh, super pumped to see that and and hear that. But I will, uh, and I'm not not opposed to to uh, jumping on you know a Zoom call or some sort of uh, you know with facetime or whatever that may be to work with somebody and and uh and help folks out that way if, if that need is out there or interest is out there
0: yeah awesome such a good feeling isn't it
1: yeah oh <laughs> uh, great great to just watch folks that just they want to do it you know they yeah. either always wanted to do it or there's you know it's you, you start working on a project and you realize this isn't for me you know i want to do you know rescue i want to do fire stuff i want to do you know this is this is really what I want to do. And just how do I make the sale? How do I make the pitch? How do I get, you know, that information that's that I've got that's applicable, mm-hmm. but how do I, how do I put it on the table to make myself a, a value to an organization and, and, and get that job, you know, secure it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it's incredible, you know, just seeing folks light up saying, I got the phone call today, you know, I'm yeah. so pumped, you know, that's, that's the that's the enjoyable part of doing doing the consultant work with prior to one consulting.
0: Absolutely. I agree. All right, man. Um, Brian will have all of your social media links in the uh, show notes. So that way if people want to reach out um, to uh, talk to you about your business or even just your journey in general. Um, all of Brian's social media links will be in the show notes. Um, again, man, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on uh, the show with us today. Um, I hope we have Jan in the, in the future um, to, give an, to give an update on Brian's journey and in uh, his business. And um, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you again, brother. I will uh, hopefully talk to you again soon.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you reaching out and the opportunity to chat with you. It's been great. And I've uh, got through a number of your your podcasts so far and uh they've been enjoyable to listen to. And uh, you know, from the volunteer folks to the the career firefighters and the different businesses, it's been great, great what you're doing. So I definitely appreciate you you reaching out and it's nice to to finally put a, a face with the voice. So thank <laughs> you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Thank you. you too.
0: Thank you for listening to the First Do Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button below and leave a five-star review. If you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group for tips. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.